0: Stick to football. It is mock draft Monday time. You get all three of us. Matt Mello connor we're going to give you two rounds. So Chicago Bears fans get excited. You are in this one, fellas. Uh, we do have some news and notes to go around again. We're going to say it every day until we don't have to say it anymore. Please stay home. If you can stay home, uh, you, you'll notice the show looks a lot different. If you're watching it on YouTube, it probably sounds a little different. Even we are staying home. Uh, We're we're staying out of the way. Do that if you can. Um, And we've seen Sean Payton has coronavirus. Everyone basically in the NFL now is telling you stay home, stay out of the way until this thing is over. But guys, we do have some free agent news that I think will affect the draft. The Denver Broncos signed Melvin Gordon. The LA Chargers basically said, now we're going with Austin Eckler. We don't want you back. I still actually think Melvin Gordon is a good running back. I think this was a good signing for the Denver Broncos. They get him two years, basically $8 million per season. This isn't Todd Gurley, in my opinion. Melvin Gordon can still play, and now we see the Broncos giving Drew Locke. I mean, they already had a decent backfield. Now they have a very good backfield. And I, I agree with you. I really like Melvin Gordon, too. It sucks for him because
1: he's still a young running back. He just really played the contract thing uh, Poorly. We'll say it that way. With Eckler already there in-house... And then holding out last year, I think the Chargers got a little bit of a taste of, you know what, we don't need to go pay this guy a lot of money. We actually don't need to pay him at all. And now he gets a two-year deal with the Broncos. I like that signing a lot for the Broncos, though. I think he fits that offense. And they continue to surround Drew Locke with some young weapons. This is a good team, up-and-coming team in the AFC West that can make some noise with these new weapons.
2: And it makes you wonder what they're going to do in the first round of the draft now. Because where they're slotted, it feels like They'll have maybe a chance at one of the top three wide receivers. Maybe they take a guy like Josh Jones, upgrade a tackle. But at the end of the day, we're going to find out about Drew Locke very quickly because Cortland Sutton has developed into a great wide receiver already. Like you guys just said, now they have two really good running backs. I do wonder if they dump Royce Freeman for a very, very late pick because it kind of feels like there's no touches for him left in this offense when you have those two caliber, high caliber runners.
0: Yeah, and they've also they traded for Drell Casey, a move that kind of went under the radar. Good move. A seventh, very good, a seventh round pick for a guy who's like a perennial Pro Bowler on the D line. They add Graham Glasgow on the interior. They trade for AJ Bowie before free agency. Like they've made some quietly good moves, and it's you know a couple of years ago we consistently trashed John Elway for not really knowing what he's doing in between Peyton Manning and now. Feels like the last two off-seasons have been pretty good for John Elway. It's, uh, it's always been, can John
1: Elway find a quarterback? And the way Drew Locke played last year, it looks like the quarterback fell right into his lap. He tried to pass him up a couple times. <laughs> right. Drew Locke just made it happen, and then he goes to him, and he finds success at the end of the year. Uh, AFC West fan over here, the Broncos make me nervous.
2: Yeah, I mean, it all depends on just how good Locke gets, but I- I'm with you, Melo, especially if— It really comes down to the offensive line. I think it's safe to say the Garrett Bowles pick was very, very disappointing. You know, like you guys said, they go out and sign a Graham Glasgow, but they lose Connor McGovern. So it's like they get a small upgrade there. Um, But, you know, they're really building this thing. And it feels like it's been a quiet but successful, you know, I don't want to say full-scale rebuild, but a retooling in Denver.
0: Yeah, they did it on the fly, and they did it well. I mean, think a year ago they were adding Joe Flacco. We were like, uh, okay. And now it's oh, Drew Locke, and we're getting younger and more physical on offense. Guys, how about this one? Todd Gurley goes home. They say you can't go home again. Todd Gurley does. Going back to Georgia, the Atlanta Falcons have added Todd Gurley. And I know we've talked about this a lot, about does he have anything left in the tank? What's kind of craziest to me is, Thomas Dimitrov now has eleven former first rounders on offense when they when they traded for LaQuan Treadwell over the weekend or signed excuse me they signed LaQuan Treadwell over the weekend and added Todd Gurley eleven former first rounders on offense I have to think that has never been done before. Uh it's a unique way to build a team
1: because a lot of these first-rounders, like adding to Todd Gurley, maybe not what he used to be, but the talent is there. And with Gurley, I like this signing because they're not paying him very much money. I think the Falcons are on the hook for, what, $6 million? Like half his contract, Gurley's yeah. going to get eleven this year, but they don't have to pay but half of it. So I like that as kind of a bounce-back year. And they've got some guys in that backfield that can still carry the load. They were doing it last year with Devonta Freeman. So adding Gurley and giving him that chance to come back to the Georgia area, I like it. He can be productive. Hopefully uh, he's resting up and that knee is healthy. I'll tell you, that knee looked kind of scary and the, the Rams did a lot of things to hide that injury and what he was going through, but hopefully he can have a bounce back year with the Falcons. Uh, I would love to see him lead the league in rushing touchdowns again.
2: And it's remarkable how Dimitrov just collects running backs at this point. We were saying it when we sat down with him that I think he's taken one on day three, round three or later in the draft almost every year except one yep. year in like the last decade it feels like for Dimitrov. So then he's he paid Devonta Freeman, which he was very open about. He's like, you know, I know, you know it's tough. You pay a guy and then he gets hurt, and now they go pay a guy that has been kind of banged up. But I do think they have a plan for Gurley, where he's not the guy getting eighty percent of the touches. It'll probably be forty to fifty percent of the touches, and they feel like they can get this offense going in the right direction. And I, I love Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, got to interview him on this show and-, and feel like he's under, you know, quietly, quietly one of the more awesome guys in the league. So I hope he can stay healthy and I hope he's rejuvenated being back there in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, and getting behind a better offensive line. I know we talk so much about the knees and the arthritis, and, and I do think that's a factor. That offensive line, I truly believe, is one of the was one of the worst in the NFL last year. I think it affected Jared Goff. I think it affected Todd Gurley. So getting him behind an offensive line where they've invested two first round picks, where you have a Jake Matthews who's very good, I I hope I think this is a much better situation for Todd Gurley. Uh, and how about the New England Patriots, guys? They lose Tom Brady as we talked about last week. He goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have Mellows, man crush Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, and now maybe a little competition. Uh, drum roll here. Brian Hoyer, welcome back to (laughs) New England. I think they're just setting themselves up for success here. You're bringing in Jared
1: Stidham's backup quarterback to kind of help tutor him. I really think that the Patriots might just roll out with Stidham. I know that I'm his biggest supporter, and it kind of seems like a joke. Maybe sometimes I think that's what the Patriots are going to do. If I mean, I don't know what other quarterback you're going to replace him with. I don't think Belichick's a guy that's going to go say, "Oh, we need to sign a Jameis Winston type guy." I think they roll with Stidham, and I think that this Hoyer move—I mean, you could sign a lot of quarterbacks right now. They decided to bring back a veteran guy probably to pair with a guy like Jared Stidham.
2: Well, and you need to find someone to play behind him in case, you know, the wheels fall off the bus, but it does seem like right now they're setting up to give Stidham every opportunity in this offense. So, you can't just roll in with just Jarrett Stidham. You get Brian Hoyer, who's been there before. You know, they, they love the guy, it feels like. They trust the guy. And New England, I I can't even... I got to be honest, guys. I'm not really quite sure what, they, what they're doing. Are they loading up? Are they going to surprise us and take someone like Jordan Love in this draft and then develop him while giving him a shot against Stidham and then eventually Hoyer as the veteran there? There's so many directions they can go because you don't bring back Tom... You're not really aggressive in the quarterback market, but you franchise tag Joe Tooney and sign Devin McCourty to an extension and pick up his twin brothers option. So they've done some we-want-to-win-now moves. They've done a lot of we're-going-to-rebuild-this-thing moves. I think the draft is going to
0: paint the entire picture for us with New England. I was talking to someone because I had an article come out Thursday about kind of the timeline of how Brady decided to leave New England. You can look that up in the BR app. And I was talking to someone after that article came out uh, pretty high up in an NFL front office. And I, I asked him the same question. I was like, what do you think they're going to do at quarterback? This was Thursday afternoon. So I was like, you know, you think they're going to trade for Andy Dalton? You know, is this a Cam Newton spot? He was like, this is the most prepared team in the history of the NFL. You're, you you think they weren't ready for this the, the, this potential that Brady was going to leave. And that kind of left an impact on me. Like, you know, you're right. I'm sure Bill Belichick did not put all his eggs in the Tom Brady's coming back basket. He had to know that that there was a very good chance that Brady was leaving. It makes you wonder if Stidham is their guy or if they're waiting for maybe the price to decrease on an Andy Dalton in a trade. But uh, New England... I think an intriguing team, not because we expect them to go undefeated or have the best defense in the NFL or anything like that. They're intriguing because we have no idea what this offense is going to look like for the first time in 20 years.
1: And they're sitting right there at pick number 23. I think a spot where we could see one of those quarterbacks fall, especially if you know the Chargers don't take a quarterback. There are four of them, I think, that are first-round guys. To have that pick at twenty three, that might be where the fourth one comes off the board. You might be sitting there, you know, with a guy like Justin Herbert there, or Jordan Love sitting there, or maybe they say, you know, we didn't like what we saw from Stidham. Let's take a chance on a guy like Jacob Eason, it, it, right there at the end of the first round. Maybe even trading back like they've done in the past.
2: Or what if they do the ultimate Patriots move and take Jake Fromm? I mean, honestly, uh, would anyone be like that no. floored by it? I mean, maybe not with that first round pick. But maybe they maneuvered their way back up to get him. It, I, I'm not the biggest From guy. I've been very vocal about that. But I'm, I'll to be the first to tell you, I think he's going in
0: the top 50 picks in this draft. I, I think so as well. Or they liked Baker Mayfield. Maybe they go Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. That's another one. There you go, man. It's, so it's, they have they have crazy options. Or they just stick with Stidham. You know, maybe they've seen him for a year. Maybe there's something. They put more like, even after, around
1: him even after Tom Brady leaves we still have no idea what's going on with the Patriots it's insane, like first right? is what's going to happen with Brady now it's we don't know what the hell is going to happen next
0: yeah i'm going to stop predicting things cuz i was big time wrong on big that time one wrong, all right man. let's take a break we come back our two round mock draft which hopefully we will not be big time wrong about any of these picks it is Monday. That means you get a mock draft today, a two-rounder, and we're going to fly through the first couple picks because you guys know it. Number 1 is Cincinnati Bengals. I am on the clock, and it is Joe Burrow at quarterback. I know there's been some buzz about maybe a trade-up. We don't predict trades in these mocks. If the Dolphins want to do it, they would take Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow is going to be the first pick in the draft.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that I'm going to be boring here, too. The Redskins sitting there at pick number 2 overall. I still think they're going Chase Young. It wouldn't surprise me if they go off this and get somebody else like a Jeff Akuta. But for right now, if you're making me pick who I think or if I'm putting money on it, I'm going to say it's Chase Young at number two overall.
2: And number three, I mean, let's keep this thing moving here. We know it. Jeff Akuda to the Lions. It's hard for me to make another pick here. Honestly, guys, I'm not betting on them surprising everyone and moving on from Stafford to take a guy like Tua that has injury risk. You can run your defense through a number one corner like Akuda. They obviously went out and bolstered up their secondary even a little bit, even after trading Darius Slay uh, during the free agency wave one period. So the Lions end up with Akuda, who I absolutely love in this class and think is worth every bit of the number three overall pick.
0: Number four, the New York Giants. This is where I'm going to change things up. I'm going to go Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle from Iowa. We're trying to anticipate what the draft will look like in a world without pro days, without private visits. And I think the lasting impression of Tristan Wirfs will be that historic combine performance coupled with tape of Iowa, that is pro-ready. Something I've talked about a lot over the last few years is we've seen pro-ready programs like Iowa, Notre Dame, their offensive linemen get uh, prioritized a little bit when it comes to the NFL draft. I think Werfs is going to be seen as... We have no idea if there's going to be rookie minicamp right now, guys. We like we have no idea what this summer's going to look like. I feel like teams are going to be a little more conservative, a little more safe when drafting. Wirfs may not have the ceiling of Makai Becton, but I feel like he is a good alternative in that you know what you're getting in terms of floor, and you have the athletic upside. I think you played left or right tackle. I know I played right tackle for the Hawkeyes, but I really feel like in a in a world with some uncertainty, guys like you know Jedrick Wills. I like Jedrick Wills a lot. I Like Andrew Thomas a lot. I think Werfs might answer the most questions to be this first tackle
1: picked. And I think with Werfs, even I mean. Jedrick Wills, a guy from Alabama, who we all have as our first, our tackle one here in this class, I think that he is a legit tackle. But with Werfs, he's gonna play somewhere on that offensive line for the next ten to twelve years. It might be at left tackle, it might be at right tackle, it might be at guard. But that dude can find a spot to play on that offensive line, and it just seems like a Dave Gettleman type guy. Number five overall, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Miami Dolphins have done too much work to pass up on Tua right now. I feel like they've looked at him over the last probably three years, had their eye on this guy. They're not going to let the medicals uh, scare them away. Everybody says that it's good. Maybe they can't get him in the house like they want to, but I still think they have to take Tua right here at number five.
2: And number six, uh, since the Dolphins didn't take him, the Chargers will, and that's Justin Herbert. This is a team that, you know, we heard about some offers for Tom Brady, but at the end of the day, you look at what they have right now. I think they're ready to use a top 10 pick on a quarterback. You have Tyrod Taylor in place there that can hold the fort if you need to develop Justin Herbert. Like Matt said, we don't know if there's going to be a rookie minicamp right now, which could set back a quarterback prospect like Herbert. But for the Chargers, you only pick this high so many times. If they like the guy, they're going to take him. He's very athletic. He has a big arm. I do think he needs some time, but I also think this is the right landing spot
0: for him as well. Number 7, I'm on the clock with the Carolina Panthers. They signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year deal, which seemingly solves their problem at quarterback. They still have backups. Cam Newton is actually still on the roster. They have Kyle Allen. They have Will Greer. Uh, The offensive tackle position we've spent a lot of time talking about. Greg Little, Taylor Moten, both players picked in the second round of previous drafts. I have no idea how Matt Rule feels about his offensive line, but I do know that they have to get faster on defense. Luke Keekley retires. Uh, they have Shaq Thompson, who's a good player, but they need a difference maker on defense. I think Matt Rule coming from the college game, Joe Brady coming from the college game, they're going to take one look at a guy like Isaiah Simmons and say, that can be a difference maker because we don't want to have to game plan against a guy like that. We know how difficult he will be for the Falcons, the Saints, the Buccaneers. So you get an Isaiah Simmons who can shut down slot receivers. He can shut down tight ends. He can rush the quarterback. He can spy mobile quarterbacks. We talked about it on the Friday show. Simmons might not be – he might not give you three more wins a season, but I think like a supersized Derwin James – He's going to be a difference maker in a game, like against a Lamar Jackson was where Derwin James really showed up. I think Simmons has value in that regard. Yeah, I think so too. And with the Panthers, it's so difficult to mock drafts what you think they're going to do because they could
1: go so many different ways. I know that we've had you know guys like Derek Brown going there before. We've had the Justin Herberts there. Now with Isaiah Simmons, there are a lot of needs on that team, even though they're kind of headed in the right direction. Number eight overall, speaking of teams with needs – and going in the right direction. The Arizona Cardinals, they've got the receiver, so that need is off the board now. I'm going to go with Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. They have DJ Humphreys at left tackle, but I still think you get Wills in-house. You get him developed, maybe even play him on the right side. Hell, I'm not convinced he can't win that left tackle position immediately. This is one of the most athletic tackles that I've seen. I love his tape, and I think that Cliff Kingsbury is going to say this is the guy that can protect our franchise quarterback for the rest of his career.
2: Number nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a team that can go in a lot of different directions, just like the Panthers here. Uh, I am curious to see how much they trust in their offensive line right now for Gardner Minshew. I think they're very thin at corner, but there's not somebody I would take in the top 10 unless it was Jeff Akuda, and he did not make it here. So I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. This is really a BPA approach. They have DJ Chark there. Now you have Gardner Minshew some weapons. If you believe if you, you want to hand the keys of the franchise to this guy and give him a fair shake I think this pick will either be an upgrade offensive tackle or anywhere on the offensive line or a top wide receiver they have a lot of holes on defense now too after the salary dumping and all the moves they've made so I'm fascinated to see what this pick is but if I was the one in the driver's seat I
0: couldn't pass on Jerry Judy at them at nine overall Jerry, Judy, and DJ Chark together is a lot of fun. Like that's that's a good start. Yeah, for your guy Gardner Minshew, that's that's where you want to be. Number ten, the Cleveland Browns, an offensive tackle falls to them. I know they signed Jack Conklin. Guys, they still need a left tackle. So Makai Beckton is going to be the pick here. I think the Browns are a team that could consider an Isaiah Simmons. I think they could consider a, a wide receiver. I even though I know they have Odell, I know they have Jarvis Landry, I still think a receiver is going to be an area that they address somewhat early in this draft just because there's been some rumors about maybe Odell gets moved again if that were to happen then you would consider a CD Lamb here or a Henry Ruggs but for me it's offensive tackle all the way and then you go to linebacker or safety in rounds two and three so Makai Becton talked about it earlier gigantic ceiling on this player pretty low floor where he's coming in you hope the development over summer will pay off to where he's ready to rock and roll
1: Yeah, and uh, sticking with that need at tackle, I'm going to go with Connors Jets number 11 overall. I know that they brought in Fant at left tackle. I still think the the offensive line is a huge need. And and much like... Tristan Wirfs, I think Andrew Thomas out of Georgia is another guy that will find a spot on that offensive line and can develop and be that left tackle that you need for the future. You have Sam Darnold. The offense did a lot of really good things last year. I mean, they won a lot more games than I thought they would. Now go protect him. Keep him from seeing all those ghosts he was seeing.
2: All right, number 12, the Raiders. Back to wide receiver here. Obviously, Judy was the first one off the board, Number 9 with Jacksonville. With the Raiders at 12 here, I'm going to surprise some people and actually go Henry Ruggs, not C.D. Lamb. I'm of, of a believer that John Gruden is going to value speed and the Raiders are a franchise that has valued speed for as, as long as they've been around. But I think with Gruden, you've heard the rumors of the trade interest for Robbie Anderson. They addressed a lot of different needs in free agency. Yes, you brought in Nelson Aguilar, but you need a true game-changing kind of threat at the position. And I know they need help. They still need help on the defensive side of the ball as well. But at 12 is where you're going to get the most value at this position. Ruggs is a guy that can threaten even when he doesn't have the ball he does so many different things to upgrade an offense right away so 12 for the raiders not cd lamb
0: even though he's on the board it's going to be the speedster and henry ruggs Jon gruden has seen tyree kill on the other side of the field uh, twice a year now two you years go. you know what that you know what speed does uh it, and it, it Changes everything on offense. Number 13, the San Francisco 49ers. With Judy and Ruggs off the board, I will gladly take C.D. Lamb for this offense. I think what he can do from a slant route perspective, the breaking routes, going to be fantastic in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Lamb is so good after the catch. I know he ran a 4-5-0. He runs faster than that with the ball in his hands. The catch radius is enormous. He is a violent route runner. Very aggressive at the catch point. Uh, I I do have some questions about he's never really seen press coverage. He's going to have to expand his route tree. I think he can do it. It's a matter of what was he asked to do at Oklahoma versus what he can do in the NFL. So I think Lamb is a player who will get better at the next level as we see him develop. You don't have injury concerns with this player. Really, the only question is, It's not that fast, and the offense he played in in college didn't ask him to do a lot of dynamic things, but I feel like he'll be a weapon immediately. So if you give me CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, you got Jalen Hurd, George Kittle, and a hell of a lot of running backs, Niners offense is not taking a step back.
1: Yeah, that, that's scary. Uh, maybe they'll be able to beat my Chiefs next time they <laughs> face them now. Number 13, or sorry, number 14 overall, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This team looks totally different from the last time we did a mock drafts with Tampa Bay. Could have said they needed a quarterback last time. Now that offense looks all set. So I'm going to my big board and I'm looking at what do they need? A lot of the offensive line are gone. Maybe you could go there. I'm going with a difference maker on the defense whatever position it is a difference maker on defense and i think that's clavon chase on out of lsu i think even if you keep barrett you can pair those two up much like the broncos did a couple of years ago and just say go kill every quarterback that's out there let vita vea dominate on in the interior and chase on bend that edge and get after these really good nfc south quarterbacks let Devin white clean up in the middle exactly
2: and i know something matt's pointed out with Chason is he could do a lot of different things besides rush the passer he can cover yes. and Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, Todd Bowles, he loves that versatility with his linebackers. I mean, the Jets were hoping they would get that when they took Darren Lee. It didn't work out. But, I mean, once again, Bowles is a guy that he put a lot of value into linebackers doing a lot of different things. So that's a pick that adds up if they opt to go defense 15, the Denver Broncos here, none of the top wide receivers are on the board. That's a direction I think they could go, but now you have Josh Jones sitting here and at 15, I kind of like him. You're upgrading your pass protection at tackle for Drew Locke. He could probably play. I mean, you'd like to play him on the left side. Maybe you have to play him on the right side. Either way with Josh Jones, I think that's an upgrade that they need, not just for this year, but for the long term. if you're the Broncos, don't be the team as we've seen the Browns, the Jets, the Cardinals do, kicking the can down the road with the offensive line when you have a young quarterback. You don't want to make that mistake. Solve it now, especially when the board plays in your favor here to
0: landing one, a guy like Josh Jones. I, I really do like that pick. And it, you know, when we were doing this mock draft yesterday, I was like, I, Connor will probably go D-line here. Like Josh Jones, though, if you can get a premier player at a, a premier position of left tackle, you can get a D-tackle in round two. I would have if D-tackle they didn't in make that three. trade. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and so now you get a guy like, okay, yeah, Drill Casey can fill in. Okay. When you're still not have drafting Chubb. one that's 26. Right, exactly. You have Bradley Chubb coming back from injury. You still got Von Miller. You got AJ Boye, Justin Simmons in secondary. Like Denver could be scary good next year. It's going to be fun getting through this process and seeing where they stand. Last pick before a break the Atlanta Falcons at number 16 overall. They have filled many of their needs through free So you bring in Dante Fowler, you, you bring in Todd Gurley. You have a young offensive line. So I'm going to go to the secondary. This is a little bit of a BPA pick. I know some fans will say, why not a D-tackle? I really just outlined it. The drop-off at D-tackle, there's a little bit of one, but it's not enormous. The drop-off at corner after C.J. Henderson, in my opinion, is it's a cliff. When you go from Akuda, it's a big step, to Henderson, it's a big step to Jeff Gladney. So to get C.J. Henderson here... Chris Harris is gone. Uh, excuse me, not Chris. Desmond Trufant is gone. So now you get another young guy to go with. Uh, they have Isaiah Oliver, who we liked coming out of Colorado a few years ago. You got size and speed at the corner position now. We are
1: back on Stick to Football, and we are continuing our two round mock draft. I am up number 17 overall, the Dallas Cowboys. And they've been active this offseason with some holes to fill still. I'm looking at my big board, and I'm going with the defensive guy again who can come in and be very disruptive. They signed Gerald McCoy, and I'm going to give him another athletic defensive lineman. Probably not the one you're thinking of, though. Derrick Brown is still on the board, but I'm going with Javon Kinlaw. I think a lot of teams are going to look back at that combine tape of Derrick Brown and say, oh, I actually kind of like that kid out of South Carolina. He's able to move. I love Derrick Brown. I love the tape. He's very high on my board, but I think the Cowboys are going to roll with Javon Kinlaw here.
2: I'd agree. Kinlaw has the bigger ceiling. I really would. And I think for the Cowboys, just asking their guys maybe to pin their ears back and get after it, Kinlaw might be even a better fit there. So I like that pick a lot. 18, the Dolphins. This might seem like a reach to some, but... I think they need an offensive tackle, and I'm not going to be the first. I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not the biggest Austin Jackson fan if you need a guy to step in and contribute from day one. But I think Miami has shown that they're willing to honestly trust the process here, go year by year. They feel they could develop Austin Jackson since Josh Jones is no longer on the board. So. 18 might seem early for the offensive tackle that's considered the sixth best guy in this class, but for the Dolphins, they have a lot of picks, and I think they could take the chance on developing a guy.
0: Yeah, and I have heard from teams that like Jackson more than Jones, and it's like a level comp thing. So I don't think it would be crazy to see all six of these guys go in the top 20 picks, not not by the least bit. Number 19, the Las Vegas Raiders. Mello left Derek Brown for me. I got to do it. I know they've picked up some guys in free agency. It's like one year kind of prove it deals. One thing that you heard a lot right before we all got shut down was the Raiders were not happy with their defensive line play, defensive tackle play. Love their ends, but they felt like Cleveland Furl and Max Crosby needed the table set for them a little bit more. So I think defensive tackle after wide receiver is going to be a big point of emphasis. They signed two linebackers. Now you could go corner here. You could maybe go safety here, but for me, the best value was Derek Brown, who I think Probably everyone has a top 10 player. There's just a question about a guy who doesn't rush the quarterback a ton, but very, very good at setting things up for the guys on the edge. Yep, and I'm up again
1: number 20 overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars. When you look at the Jaguars, they got Jerry Judy with their first pick, so that receiver need is off the board. I don't love the corners that are here right now. I think that's a place Jacksonville could go, but they also need a linebacker, I think, and Patrick Queen still on the board at number 20 overall. This is a team that we've been given Isaiah Simmons to a lot in mock drafts. If they can come away with Jerry Judy and Patrick Queen, Jaguar fans should be very happy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's not a bad <laughs> deal bright. at all for the Jaguars in terms of the rebuild. It feels like you got uh, you bit off a lot more than you could chew there. I mean, that's great value. Twenty one, the Eagles. I mean, we've said this every show. This is still a team that needs more wide receiver help, and the board keeps falling in their favor. Justin Jefferson is there. I think he's worth every bit of that twenty first yep. overall pick. I think for the Eagles, this is a good scheme fit. This is a guy that can do a lot of different things, but most notably help out your quarterback. He's got a great catch radius. He seems to snag everything. He's really tough after the catch. So Justin Jefferson and the
0: Eagles—that's uh, an upgrade after they lose Nelson Aguilar. i was gonna say you got a guy who can catch now. Have you seen? I know this is off topic. Have you seen? Oh, I know. The <laughs> Eagles fans are wearing Aguilar jerseys around Philly because they yeah. don't want to catch coronavirus. It's right, man. Like. It, that. <laughs> that, oh if you're going to make light of the situation, yes. that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Start doing it's it from so your home. Good, man. Right. right. I agree. That is it's just good. Yeah. Amazing. I
1: hadn't seen that yet.
0: Number 22, the Minnesota Vikings have this pick after trading Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. And I'm going to give them a wide receiver. Uh, not necessarily to replace Diggs because a very different player in T. Higgins. But someone to uh, help make this offense a little bit better. I think give you a vertical stretch guy to work opposite Adam Thielen. Higgins is, is tough because the pro day was one of the last ones before the shutdown. Ran a four five six, Not a great time for him, but not a terrible time. It's probably right where we all would have pegged it. But his film is still incredibly good. And I think this year more than ever, hopefully, teams are going to rely on the film, not so much the workouts, because you don't have the big data points for every player in the class working out. Watch T. Higgins over the last two years dominate in the red zone. Dominate 50-50 balls. Play over the top. I think he could give the Vikings offense something it really needs.
1: Yeah, and I'm up again here with the Patriots, number 23 overall. And I'll tell you, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They could go in so many different (laughs) ways. They could take a quarterback here. They could probably still address offensive line, maybe go receiver again. I think that Belichick is just going to take a defensive weapon. It seems like that's what he always does. And I don't think they need. I don't think they draft on need ever. So I'm going to give them Xavier McKinney. He just seems like a Belichick kind of guy. that could come in, play some nickel corner even. I don't know what the Patriots are doing. I'm going to give them one of the best guys on my board with
0: Xavier McKinney. I love the honesty of just like, you know what? None of like us know all, what they're I doing.
1: always think like I'm honed in like, oh, this is an obvious need for the Patriots. And then they go an opposite way. So I'm going to give them Xavier McKinney. I don't think it's a need. I think that's where they go.
2: 24 here, the Saints, they actually made this a little easier. They went out and surprised this, guys, by signing Emmanuel Sanders. I did not see that one coming at all. So a great addition for them at great dollar amount. That is a plug-and-play number two wide receiver now alongside Michael Thomas. So I love that ad. And in the first round, I think it takes wide receiver off the board for them. So I'm going to go Cesar Ruiz, interior offensive lineman, played center at Michigan, can play guard. They lost Andrews. Oh, they actually were able to keep Andrews Pete on a big, big contract. But he's a guy that's been banged up. You're really thinking down the road here. You have Pete on that interior. You have some pretty good players at tackle. But they still need one more interior piece, in my mind, for the long-term future in Ruiz, who might be one of the better values on this spot because of his positional versatility for the same where you're going into the season and you feel good about how deep you are at wide receiver. Alvin Kamara is healthy. Drew Brees is back. Now you've loaded up that offensive line across every single position uh, for the Saints. So this team, I know they fell short last year. They were definitely a disappointment. But I feel like we're going to be talking about them once again, gearing up for
0: another Super Bowl Super Bowl run. Might need to get a safety who can tackle if they're going to do that. <laughs> There's one, not one on the board. There's not
2: one. That's the question is, <laughs> who do you take here? Mello just beat right? me to the punch at 23 with McKinney. I think McKinney would be a good fit there. And then, you know, going down our board here, it feels like anyone else, you know, might be a reach. I if agree. Antoine Winfield's
0: medicals are good. That's an exciting one, but I think they'd look for a bigger player on the back end of their defense. Definitely agree. 25, I'm up again with the Minnesota Vikings. Took T. Higgins at 22. Well, now we address that need at corner after they've basically retooled their entire corner position this offseason. I'm going to go with Jeff Gladney. We've talked about it before. He's a little bit short at uh, at 5'10 plus. Sticky at the line of scrimmage, though. Fantastic press coverage. You can watch him battle against the biggest guys in the Big 12 over the last two seasons. Watch him get it done. Uh, Notably, last year against Hakeem Butler, who's like six foot five and he's just rocking him in the collarbone play after play at the line so Jeff Gladney not the biggest guy and I know Minnesota normally favors that but I think what he can do playing at the line of scrimmage is something they should fall in love with
1: yeah and I'm up again here the Dolphins third pick in the first round they got the quarterback they got their after, offensive line by them. the way
0: they have picked up everyone a free agency
1: Oh, I know. So yeah, a lot of their <laughs> needs uh, are starting to get filled, and I'm going to give them Kenneth Murray here out of Oklahoma. I know they picked up Kyle Van Noy, but I still think that they look at this defense and say, "Man, we got a lot to stop with Josh Allen in the Bills, Sam Darnold over there, and my guy Jared Someone. Stidham with the Patriots." So Kenneth Murray. It's just too good to keep falling down. And I I love what he can do. I really like the linebackers. I know that you guys have heard that before. So with Kenneth Murray sitting there at 26, a lot of people are probably going to want one of those running backs. I think they can wait till later. Now, we haven't had a running back come off the board yet. I still think they can find one later in this draft.
2: 27, the Seahawks here. They still feel like the favorite to me, guys, to get the Jadavion Clowney deal yep. done. I know... There's been rumors about the Jets poking their head in. That feels like, hey, here's a one-year offer if you want it. I I think Seattle makes the most sense for him. So I'm not going to go edge here. I'm going to go corner, and that is Jalen Johnson, the big press corner out of Utah. He's been a common name at the top of round two. But there are – guys, you look across the first round. There are so many teams that need cornerbacks where I think we're going to see – you know, quote-unquote, reaches here. And I like what Jalen Johnson can do in their scheme. That's the thing, too. For teams that want guys that can press, that have size and length and a lot of playing experience, I think he's somebody that'll start to become prioritized between those
0: 25 to 35 pick range. You know what's weird for me this year with Utah? They have a lot of players. But I almost feel like I'm downgrading their players because of how much talent is around them. So, like, I even worry about... You know, like Jalen Johnson, like that that secondary was really good. Or like Fo Two and Bradley and Nye, like that they play so well together. It's almost like when you watch Alabama or L S U, you okay, well, you know, he can do this because the guy beside him. Like Chase On is set up sometimes by Rashad Lawrence. You don't normally expect that from Utah, but Damn, that defense is absolutely loaded this They're year. like eight guys that are probably going to get drafted. Without a doubt. Yeah, really it was. will. Number 28, the Baltimore Ravens, a team we have applauded heavily on this show. Trading Hayden Hurst and getting back a hell of a return. Getting Calais Campbell. Getting Michael Brockers I'm going to continue that on defense and go after Yitor Grossmatos to play. We don't know what's going to happen with Matt Judon. They put the franchise tag on him. Rumors have been swirling that that's a tag-and-trade situation. It could be a tag-and-keep. I still feel like with Judon and Grossmatos, they can play on the same defense. Both bigger guys. You want their hand in the dirt. I think Judon gives you a little more versatility, but... You're going to have to eventually address the edge position with or without Matt Judon. I think Gross Matos is an exceptional value. I do too, and I'll tell you, I have a favorite football team
1: now. I know that used to be a segment of like trying to pick my favorite team. If I didn't have a favorite team already, I absolutely love the way the Ravens are building this team. The way they run the football, what they have with Lamar Jackson, and then what they're doing on their defense. That is a great team. This organization is looking scary going forward. Much like the Tennessee Titans, who are up at number 29 overall, they just lost the defensive lineman, and this seems like a Vrabel pick to me. I think they take A.J. Epinesa, and they play him on the interior. They let him get up to about 290, and they let him just rack offenses. This team was a couple stops away from going to the Super Bowl I think they find a guy that can pressure the quarterback and stop the run and to me that's AJ Epinesa
2: yeah he strikes me as a Vrabel guy he really really does I think that's a good landing spot for him 30 the Packers still feels like they have a need here at wide receiver guys I, I thought they would come and maybe they do end up signing a guy like Robbie Anderson in free agency there's still time to do that but once again I like how the board broke here where you can get Denzel Mims at 30, size and speed. I think he's somebody that I know personally and for me, he's caught my eye through the process more so than the season, whether it was at the Senior Bowl, whether it's at the Combine testing. And I think in terms of fit, this is a really, really good one with Aaron Rodgers. Once again, because of that size, speed, catch radius across from Devontae Adams, they have our guy Alan Lazard there. Those are three wide receivers you can get excited about as Rodgers gets a little bit older.
0: Especially in a, a tight end group that we don't like anyone there this early that could be that's the problem a huge help for them 31 somehow this worked out perfectly i just picked for my team miller gets to pick for his team 31 the san francisco 49ers this is a a team we gave them a receiver at 13 feel really really good about that i know there will be some conversation about do you go back to the d line here to replace what you just lost into forrest buckner i don't believe so i think that's why they paid eric armstead they have not released d ford it seems like they're Content on bringing him back opposite Nick Bosa next year. But corner is still in need. Richard Sherman, hell of a player, but is getting older. Akela Weatherspoon was a weak link. They did re-sign Jimmy Ward. But corner is in need for me opposite Sherman, even with how well Mosley played down the stretch. With Travon Diggs on the board, he is a player that I would probably not put late first round for most teams, but he fits this 49ers defense so well with his length His aggressiveness and coverage, his ball skills, his speed. He is tailor made for teams running a cover three defense like the Niners run. So, digs here more about value in this scheme than value overall as a prospect. But could not find a better fit. I mean, I know Minnesota fans really
1: wanted him about a week or two ago. I wonder if they still <laughs> no. still after Trevon Diggs or not. I'm up like Matt said number 32 overall the Kansas City Chiefs and I'm really torn here with this pick because I think the biggest need on the Chiefs board is definitely going to be corner. I'm not in love with a lot of the corners here, and I would not be surprised at all if Andy Reid says, let's go lock up a guy like DeAndre Swift for the next five years. Let's make this an unstoppable offense. Let's add a Marshall Falk-type running back to our offense. But I'm going to go with corner here. I'm going to go with Christian Fulton at LSU. I think the need is just too much. You really have almost nothing coming back at cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. So Christian Fulton is the pick here at number 32 overall.
2: All right, we are back and the Bengals are on the clock to kick off the second round here. And I'm going to go, we've been doing this, these mock drafts a lot. When we do the second round, I know I've been guilty of this. We started with, let's get Joe Burrow a weapon. But now that it's happened, guys, you look at it, AJ, AJ Green gets franchise tags. They've invested a lot of money this year into wide receiver because you have him and Tyler Boyd. You have a good running back in Joe Mixon that can do everything. I'm actually going to look at the defensive side of the ball here and see a need for a versatile linebacker like Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Now, I know us three on this show have been vocal about it. We don't think he's this full-time edge presence. He does a lot of really good things off the ball. And I think for the Bengals right now, that's a really, really good fit for their defense. So you might sit here and go, well, don't you have to help Joe Burrow from day one? I actually think the Bengals... He did a really good job of that so far. And there are a lot more picks in this draft to be had to do that. But Joe Burrow isn't coming in and throwing to two street free agents or handing the ball off to a running back that was a seventh or a sixth round pick. He has pieces there. Their offensive line is getting some pieces back because they're getting healthy. So I think it's time to help out the middle of the defense with a player
0: like Bond. It's... It's uh, odd because we haven't really talked about this. I haven't really thought about it till you just said it. <clears throat> Joe Burrow is coming into one of the better situations for a, yes. a rookie quarterback. And it's like the Bengals were the worst team in football last year by record. I think a lot of it was injuries. A lot of it was the defense. So getting a Zach Bond in there would be a huge help for them. I'm up here at 34. The Colts have this pick from Washington. And a player that fell... In the first round, we had normally assigned to the Colts at times. Like, oh, 13, Colts get a quarterback. Well, now 34, they're going to get that quarterback. Jordan Love fell all the way through the first round for us, which I think is a little unrealistic, but again, speaks to our individual views of him – I actually have him and Justin Herbert ranked very close and no trades, like Melo said. So Jordan Love falls here to the Colts. Something telling about Indianapolis. I know a lot of fans would be like, we just signed Phillip Rivers. The Colts do not have a quarterback under contract for the 2021 season. Rivers, Brissett, whoever else they got, no one, no quarterbacks. So I do think that we could see them at some point, either trade Jacoby Brissett and so they're freed up to do this, or just acknowledge and say, Hey, we're going to go into this with a clean slate into 2021. But if Jordan Love is here, I think that's too good to pass up.
1: Yeah, I think so too. If there's a situation where he falls to the second round, I think the Colts uh, definitely jump on this pick. Number 35 overall, the Detroit Lions. A lot of needs on this team. I'm going to go with a defensive weapon type piece again on the defensive line. I really like Marlon Davidson, and we talked about how there are no pro days, and a lot of teams haven't been able to get after these guys. Marlon Davidson had a great performance in the Senior Bowl. I really like his versatility as a Matt Patricia type guy to come in and play a lot of different techniques on this defensive line and help get after the quarterbacks. I still think that they're a sneaky pick here for a running back. Again, all of them still sitting on the board. Wouldn't surprise me if the Lions went here, but I think Matt Patricia will have his way and he'll get a defensive guy.
2: At 36, the New York Giants, they invested a lot of money into linebacker in this free agency with Blake Martinez getting $10 million a year, Kyle Fackrell, who's you know more of an outside linebacker presence. But Dave Gettleman, man, when he goes after something, he doubles down. This history has shown this in Carolina. It's shown it with the Giants. And I'm going linebacker here in the second round and getting them another piece, a guy that there's still room to start. Malik Harrison from Ohio State. He is a Gettleman kind of player. He's a thumper in the middle. He moves better than I expected when you do watch the film. A really, really good tackler. So for the Giants here at 36, after all that money in
0: free agency and a premium top 40 pick, they feel much better about the middle of their defense. Guys, I am up here 37, the Los Angeles Chargers. They took a quarterback, Justin Herbert, in the first round. There aren't a lot of needs that match what's on the board. Like, I would love to go left tackle here. There's not one. We had six go in the first round. And as much as I like Isaiah Wilson, he's a right tackle only. So I look at this team and say, okay, where can I match value with need and it's actually at corner, in my opinion. They have they have some good corners. I'm, I'm not saying anything about Casey Hayward and Chris Harris here. But they're a little bit old at the corner position. They've also struggled to stay healthy. So I'm going to go best player available here with A.J. Terrell from Clemson, a guy who I wrote this last week. Until the second half of the national championship game, he had dominated all season long. A little player by the name of Jamar Chase just happened to get the best of him.
1: Yeah, and I'm up number 38 overall, the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are another team. Obviously, they're picking pretty high. They have a lot of needs. Matt gave them Isaiah Simmons to start this thing. And when I look through their depth chart, I see a lot of good potential. Uh, You know, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel at receiver. Obviously, they've got a very good running back. They're making some moves on the offensive line. So I don't know what the hell to do here. I look at the defense, obviously just filled a need. Corners are going off the board like crazy. So I'm going to give them Cole commit the tight end. They just lost Greg Olson. I think Cole commit can come in and be a target for Teddy Bridgewater, kind of a safety after Christian McCaffrey's not open, but he also is going to free up that rushing lane. I think he can do a lot of things to help Christian McCaffrey be more successful. 39,
2: the Dolphins. Finally, guys, we have a running back come off the board. Right. Almost went through the top 40 without one. And that's just because DeAndre Swift is too good. Uh, for the Dolphins here, yes, he went out. You know, you get somebody like Jordan Howard. I understand that. Swift is a very, very different player. So for Miami here, you're getting your 1A running back at pick 39, a guy I think is... Really the best running back in this class, a three-down player. And when he's healthy, he's a difference maker, a potential home run hitter, a make-you-miss kind of guy. So for the Dolphins at
0: 39, you get your running back of the future. If they'd taken him at 18, I wouldn't have been mad. And you get him Same. at 39. That so that's good. A hell of a pick. Number 40, the Houston Texans. Ugh, Bill O'Brien, no idea what you're doing here, buddy, <laughs> but I'm going to give you Clyde Edwards a I know they traded for David Johnson. He's a backup in my mind and Never a very healthy. expensive Ever. one at that. Exactly. Never healthy. They need running backs, even with Duke Johnson. I think Edward Alaire is the type of player that Bill O'Brien's gonna look at and say, okay, we gotta give Deshaun Watson some help. He can catch very well out of the backfield, can open things up offensively. And honestly, this is one of those spots where what this team needs is not available on the board right now. It's just the, the where the Texans have holes. There's not the value. Even if you wanted to draft a receiver here, I feel like it would be a little bit of a stretch for a Brandon Ayuk or KJ Hamler. So I went with the, a pick in, in Edwards. I'm sure Texans fans won't like, but hey, you guys don't like anything your team does. So this one might be right. Speaking
1: of teams and not liking, I'm up number 41 overall, the Cleveland Browns. And I bet <laughs> Browns fans think I hate them. I don't. I really like the Cleveland Browns, and I have since the Derek Anderson days. I just don't like your quarterback. But I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to give you one of my favorite guys in this entire draft, and I have to do it before Connor takes him. I'm looking at Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. I think he's a do-it-all defensive back. He plays corner, he plays slot corner, both safety positions. This secondary is going to be tough. I know there are some other needs here, but I really like Antoine Winfield and I got to get him before Connor does
2: yeah I'm shaking my fist here Mello because at 42 the Jaguars I still want to upgrade safety and I want to do it with a versatile player which I believe Winfield is so I'm going to hope for a bounce back here from Grant Delpit this is a player that I know I had in the top 10 top 5 before the season before he fell off a cliff and just stopped tackling or really doing much of anything but the sophomore film is first round film and Jacksonville they could still use a guy back there Delpit has covered in the slot he has played deep safety He's 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 even played down, really, outside linebacker in that front seven before as a blitzer, as a run stopper. He can handle any role, and I think Jacksonville is a team that can get the most out of him. And honestly, if you do that, you're getting a much better player than the 42 overall selection
0: with Delpit. Without a doubt. I think the, the potential for Delpit to bounce back is huge. If he plays like he did this last year at LSU, he's not good. That's Barely the only problem. an he's NFL like player. He, yep. Right. Just a name But he he's all pro if you watch sophomore. Felt. Yeah, it's he's one of the more confusing players that I've ever watched over a two year stretch. Number 43, the Chicago Bears have this pick from the Raiders. I don't know, Adam Trotman at tight end. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's there. No one cares about that. I don't know what Ryan Pace is thinking in signing Jimmy Graham. They still need a tight end. Adam Trotman, we've said before, is like a poor man's George Kittle. He's violent. He's aggressive. He's a blocker. He's a route runner. He's very good after the catch. So Adam Trotman should be your new starting tight end Chicago Bears. I don't know. Jimmy Graham, I guess, is your big slot receiver at this point. Hell yeah. Uh,
1: 44, the Colts. (laughs) They already got their quarterback of the future now. So I'm looking at team needs. I want edge rusher. The best one on my board is a technician. Reminds me a lot of Justin Houston, honestly. I'm going with Bradley and I to fit into this defense and try to pressure quarterbacks.
2: 45 The Bucks. I, I know they've made some free agency additions. I still think they need a future right tackle. I'm going to go yes. Isaiah Wilson here. And I think, listen, Tom Brady, he's pretty old. I don't know if you guys have heard. And I know he can still throw the ball. But they're going to develop a pretty good run game behind him. They're not going to ask Brady to drop back and throw the ball 60 times a game. And a guy that will help in the run game is Isaiah Wilson. Whether he wins that starting right tackle job or not, you can use him as a sixth offensive lineman. You could develop him down the road. Uh, He was a five-star out of Brooklyn for a reason, guys. He is an absolute unit, a very strong player. I thought he was good in pass protection, not great. There's a difference. And one of the guys that got him is Caleb on, chase on. That's okay. It's going to happen. So for the bucks here at 45, I'm comfortable
0: taking the best tackle on the board. Got to be better than DeMar Dodson, at least long-term. Number 46, yeah. the Denver Broncos. You mentioned it in round one, Connor. A receiver could be a huge need for them. I'm going to give them that. And Brandon Ayuk, let him play some in the slot. Let him play on jets, pop passes. Just get the ball in his hands. Give Drew Locke that explosive playmaker after the catch. That is Ayuk. One, I think he's the best of the round two receivers. And I'm up again
1: drafting for the Ravens, who I talked it's about earlier. Guys, if this next pick happens... AFC might be one. And I'm giving the Baltimore Ravens Jonathan Taylor. I think that Mark Ingram is a great running back. He's also at the end of his career. Pair him up with a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who I do think can catch out of the backfield and is a lot like Mark Ingram with a little bit more speed. I don't know if they ever throw the ball again. If you have Mark Ingram and Jonathan Taylor, and I don't know if you ever need to.
2: Man, a Jonathan Taylor Baltimore jersey might be one of the best jerseys to own in the NFL. 48, the New York Jets, thank you guys for letting me pick for them. But with the Jets here at 48, uh, they went tackle, which I loved in the first round. Mello had them take Andrew Thomas. Now you load up at wide receiver here. This pick might surprise people. KJ Hamler from Penn State, because he's a smaller guy, and they do have Jamison Crowder, but this team just needs speed. They need somebody that can win vertically down the field. If they don't bring back Robbie Anderson, they really need somebody that can win down the field. So for Hamler here, you're getting an absolute rocket. The drops are a little concerning the routes need polish but there's only so many true four three players in the draft that can really make a play out of nothing with the
0: ball in their hands and that's why I like Hamler for Sam Darnold how about this one guys 49 the Pittsburgh Steelers this is their first pick in this draft because they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick that worked out really well so at 49 I have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Jalen Hurts to be the successor to Ben Roethlisberger love Doug Hodges Cool name, awesome duck call, not a great quarterback. Get someone in there that can now learn the system behind Big B and who was hurt much of last year. We've said before this would be a team that makes sense for Jalen Swenson, but we don't think they'll do it. I think it's a team that makes sense for Jalen Hurts because you have great great wide receiver potential uh, in this crew that they have. And now you have someone who can make plays with his feet in the backfield.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see the Steelers have a quarterback that's mobile. I, Big Ben was a pretty mobile quarterback early in his career, not like Jalen You missed Hurts Cordell Stewart. Corner. Exactly. Like, put him in 10. Make it happen. Bears, number 50 overall. A lot of needs for the Bears. Matt, you gave him a tight end to start off with. I'm looking at my board and I'm going to give him Kyle Duggar. I like this safety. I think he's shooting up the board. Uh, I think he might even pass, you know, Grant Delpit for me when it's all said and done. But I like his athletic ability. I like his physicality. I think he's a do it all safety whose really only fault is he came from a small school.
0: This is so Ryan Pace. We give them a guy from Dayton and a guy I from mean, Lenore Ryan. So yeah. that's perfect. Bears perfect are gonna be like, who the hell?
1: You did a two round mock draft. And I have no idea who these two guys they are. These are. They're good, good at football, though. Yeah. A
2: Ryan Pace dream draft. 51, the Dallas Cowboys. And I know their fans have heard of this guy, Jalen Rager. Uh, would just be an explosive wide receiver for their offense I've seen some people put him in round one I'm not there yet I think the drops are concerning I thought the the 40 and the combine was a little underwhelming for how explosive he looks on the field but I still like him a lot I really do I would take him at 51 every single time for the Dallas Cowboys here you bring back Amari Cooper on big money you like what you have in Michael Gallup now you have your slot guy in Rager for the future
0: yeah, i I get accused of not liking Rager, but I, I do. I just don't like him in the first round, like, right here. Yeah, great. I probably would have taken him with the, the next couple of teams that I have. Um, so I like the value here. Fifty two, Los Angeles Rams. They let go of Todd Gurley. You still need to run the ball in Sean McVay's offense, right? This is a Mike Shanahan offense at its at its core. I'm going to give him J.K. Dobbins. So we have a little bit of a run on backs here. Dobbins one of the most improved players in college football this past year. He catches well in the backfield. He ha- Explosive runs are his specialty. There are going to be times where this dude gets one, two, negative one yards, boom, 64 yards. He's so good at the chunk play. you got to be a little patient with J.K. Dobbins, but it pays off big down the field.
1: Yeah, and I think he proved that in the college football playoff. The Eagles, number 53 overall. Connor gave him Justin Jefferson in the first round. Looking at team needs, I think seven. I know they've added some pieces there, but I think it's still a need. I'm going to give them Ashton Davis out of Cal a burner at safety, but I think he can play almost every position in that secondary, and I think they're going to like that versatility in Philadelphia.
0: 54,
2: the Bills. They signed some edge rush help in Mario Addison, but keep going. In the second round, there is Terrell Lewis on the board here. When healthy, he is a difference maker. Maybe the Bills are a team that can manage those reps. Uh, once again, guys, I don't know how you would feel, but if, if Lewis was healthy full-time, he had a chance to be a lock as a top-five edge in this yep. class. So for the Bills, I, I think they're willing to take that risk here, and they've built a roster that can afford it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love Terrell Lewis. We saw that dude at the Senior Bowl day one. It it's awesome. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's what 65265 looks like coming out of college. It was it was impressive. 55 the Atlanta Falcons who again we've got to applaud the off season that they've had. I'm going to go D-tackle here. I said in round one. Hey, I want to go D-line here, but the value's not there, so I gave him C.J. Henderson. Coming back around, you get Ross Blacklock here, who a lot of people believe could be a late first-round pick. The way the board falls, he's here at 55 overall, so the Falcons walk out of this thing looking real, real good with C.J. Henderson and Ross Blacklock on the defense, which really completely remakes what you've already done by adding Dante Fowler. Yep, number
1: 56 overall again, the Miami Dolphins. I'll tell you guys, if they don't walk away from this draft with like three Pro Bowl guys they've failed because they have so many picks so early in this draft we've already filled needs at tackle running back linebacker quarterback I'm going to give them a receiver now Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan I think he can compliment what they're doing here and it gives to a nice young target 57, the
2: Texans. I don't know if God himself can save this team from Bill O'Brien, but we're going to try here. So Matt got them a pretty good running back early on in the round. I'm going to go interior offensive line, Lloyd Cushenberry. You can move Nick Martin, I think, from center to guard and play Cushenberry at center. So I really like taking the best available offensive lineman on the board for Houston. Which means they'll
0: probably take a linebacker. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson, I'm praying for you, man. Something nonsensical. Force your way out, Deshaun, before it's too late. Number 58, the Minnesota Vikings. Up, I somehow got every pick for the Vikings. That never happens in these. It's like boom, boom, boom. It just spaces out. I'm also going to your offensive line. I know they've drafted there a lot recently, and they've hit on some guys. But I still think they could get better. John Simpson from Clemson. Watch him just maul people in the run game, and you will fall in love. A lot of those Travis Etienne plays where you see him, you know, cut up the middle inside zone and then bounce, that's John Simpson setting the table for him. So give the Vikings somebody that can help Dalvin Cook. I think he'd be perfect for that Gary Kubiak type offense here. And
1: apparently there's
0: a little bit of a run
1: going on with interior offensive line. I'm up with the Seahawks, and I think this was a different team when their offensive line was healthy last year, so I do think they're going to need to address some depth here. I'm going to take Tyler Biedish out of Wisconsin. I think he can start at center. I think he can develop at guard. Seahawks need to protect Russell Wilson. You know the guy can win you nine games, now go get him some help and protect him in the playoffs
2: 60 the ravens just in this round, around, uh, round alone they've gotten jonathan taylor now they get chase claypool who we don't know if he's Goodness. a tight end or a wide receiver i know he's a hell of a special teams player a hell of a red zone threat he can absolutely move down the seam so for that baltimore offense you are now adding adding to it to next to the mvp jonathan taylor and chase claypool
1: and they really liked Miles Boykin last year, and they took him in the draft, Claypool's teammate.
0: They love tight ends, so I love that pick of Claypool to the Ravens. Well, and it's just like, he's a positionless player, in a good way. Because uh, who cares what label he is on Madden? Just let him go out and be a mismatched player against the defense every week. Number 61, the Tennessee Titans. Logan Ryan has not been re-signed yet. They have a need at corner, so I'm going to go Noah. They've been... Couldn't do it. Sometimes I can say his name, sometimes I can't. Noah from Auburn. (laughs) Noah I. Noah I I from Auburn. Igbenogany. Igbenogany. That's it. I have notes with it. I don't even try. Um, With the pronunciation, but I don't have the notes in front of me. So there we go. Logan Ryan, though, uh, most likely going to be a cap. Guy who just can't come back because of the money they're giving to Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry. So I do think corner getting a young corner is a big need for a team that uh, they've taken some like one year risk, low risk on edge players on on defense. But I think in the secondary, variable is going to try to stock it to the draft.
1: Yeah, and I'm up again. I have the Green Bay Packers kind of bringing this thing to the end. Number 62 overall. They've been filling a lot of needs via free agency, and I know they brought in a guy like Ricky Wagner. But I think it's start. They need to start looking at that left tackle of the future. I'm going to give him Lucas Niang, a name that we haven't talked about a lot, but I like him at tackle out of TCU, a guy that can come in and develop and then maybe replace at left tackle.
2: All right, 63, your Chiefs here, Mello, and this pick is from San Francisco. I'm gonna go Jordan Brooks. You're kind of playing the board right now, and this is an athletic linebacker for their front seven. I, I think the Chiefs, you you know, obviously address corner in round one with Christian Fulton. Now you go here with Jordan Brooks. It, it's really just about stocking up this defense on cheap contracts because you're gonna have to pay Mahomes. You paid Tyreek Hill, You have some money invested into the offensive line. At some point, you need some value. To you don't need a great defense in Kansas City. You 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 just need one that keeps you afloat. And I think the combination of Brooks and Fulton help you do that.
0: Well, I think they fit the mold because one thing that we're going to see Steve Spagnuolo really value is smart players. You know, guys who are athletic but smart. Just don't make mistakes. And Brooks and Fulton both really fit that mold. Brooks is an incredible athlete that would help in the middle. 64 the Seattle Seahawks, the last pick in our two-round mock draft, guys. We have seen them fill a lot of needs here through your picks. Uh, Beadish, Jalen Johnson. I'm going to go wide receiver. Let's just add to a strength. They got pretty lucky last year in this spot. guy named D.K. Metcalf was the pick here. Mm. I'm going to go LaVisca, Shane Nault. Put him in there with Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf. And all the tight ends that they have with and Will when Disley. All, when all those running Griggles, backs
1: get injured, just slide him in the backfield. Right? I mean, yeah, there you go. Give, I love give it.
0: him carries. Shane, another guy who's been a little bit banged up in college, didn't have the greatest uh, you know, performance as we maybe expected him to have this year, but I still believe in him as a Yak player. Just find creative ways to get his ball in his teams are looking for a Debo Samuel. Laviska Shane has a little bit of Debo to his game. All right, that's our mock draft, and that is our show. Again, we'll be here three times a week still giving you guys content and as much news as we get. So please stay home, stay safe, and take care of each other. We'll be back talking to you tomorrow for Mellow for Connors. Matt, we'll talk to you real soon.